Welcome to another episode of The Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss mental wellness programs, dog healthcare technologies, and genetic healthcare testings. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 45 for the week of August 10th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Alex Ross. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is W53.21XA, bitten by a squirrel, initial encounter. Okay, come on. How did you hear about this one? I'm nuts about this diagnosis code. <laughs> I, I was not telling anybody about this because it was really embarrassing. And now you're going to make me tell everybody about it. Yes, sir. Well, believe it or not, this did happen to me. Um, you know, during all of this shutdown and stuff, people have been adopting new pets. Yes. That's just kind of what's happening. It's totally normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I promise it was my dog who wanted me to do it. I saw a baby squirrel and adopted the baby squirrel and gave okay. it a nice home. And yes. a big old cage. Um, and it thanked me by taking off the tip of my pinky finger. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pretty. Um, and and it was at that moment I realized probably a squirrel is not the pet that I should go with. Uh, and I, I put it back outside. Yeah. yeah, probably a good idea. It's probably thankful for you, you know? Yeah, so the initial encounter is probably going to be the only encounter. Uh, but if I see that squirrel again, I may have to give it some of my payback exactly give it some of your mind give right. it a piece of your mind hey you baby squirrel remember me you son of a gun <laughs> <laughs> get over here <laughs> he'll probably be up in the tree screaming and throwing acorns at me <laughs> <laughs> and with that let's get into the news first up we have a far out leap into new mental wellness programs Midasin Innovations Group announced that its subsidiary, MindLeaf Health, is expanding its digital therapeutic offerings by adding three additional programs to its platform. The Vancouver-based organization is developing new 30-day transformation programs that will be offered as in-app purchases on the platform this fall. The new offerings will include comprehensive addiction, psychedelic integration, and holistic wellness programs designed to empower users to improve their well-being. The ability to track progress, encourage consistency through gamification, will provide additional value to MindLeap users. We've always seen pretty great results with gamification of health. It's kind of that that weird concept, for me at least, you know, to play a game in regards to your health, but it works because that's the way we're wired to try and achieve goals and and win, if you will. and it reminds me of, you know, this is obviously not the first company to do that, but it right. sounds like they are rapidly expanding how they're doing that and, and the places that they're doing that into you know, a bunch of different wellness programs that treat many different aspects of life. You know, yes, uh, the one I think of may, maybe the uh, kind of original gamified health app if you will uh this came out 10 years ago or whatever it was an app called super better Mm. uh, where you developed an alter eagle ego eagle (laughs) (laughs) 
you developed an alter ego of like a superhero that was fighting your chronic condition and ah. you, know, you got power-ups which were things that helped uh there were your kryptonites your weaknesses that kind of exacerbated that condition so you had to try and avoid those and you know all of that was to try and make it an enjoyable experience to uh i guess participate in fighting against a chronic illness which is obviously no fun so yes it's not a new concept but it sounds like that we're going a new direction with it and uh yeah I tell you what, I am in the process of trying to gamify my job too. <laughs> <laughs> trying to gamify my life. Um, yeah. To add to that, I think, you know, cognitive-based therapy, which is known as CBT, um, is really popular and it does a lot of, uh, it's been proven to have a lot of benefits to people who need therapy. And I think it kind of pretty much lines up with gamification as a whole. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in the future with, with therapies and like just the whole, I mean, obviously they're working towards lowering the stigma associated with going to a, a therapist. And I think that like gamifying it and making it remote and things like that, where people can do it in the privacy of their own homes without having to be like, Oh, I got to, I can't come over tonight cause I have to go to therapy. It'll be interesting to see how beneficial that is for right. people that need it. I don't know if I ever uh, talked about on the podcast, um, there was a, a game that a friend of mine had that was given to them by their doctor that was designed to teach them about, you know, things they need to avoid with their asthma. And huh. it, it was the most ridiculous. Here comes game. the big bad pollen. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, basically. And, and it was kind of like uh, the final magic boss is a dust bus mite. Style. No, it, <laughs> yeah. it was magic school bus style where you were uh, inside the body fighting off the little dusts spores wow. as they come in and <laughs> it was wow. really silly but if you can't tell i like gamification it's just a really <laughs> cool concept to me next up technology that keeps your companion's tail wagging as technology continues to advance for humans it also expands for our canine counterparts wired created a story this past week that went over new technological advancements for our dogs that many people don't know about yet some of the most fascinating pieces of tech were 3D printed bones for hip replacement surgery, remote blood glucose monitoring via a smartphone, smart collar wearables that monitor fatigue, illness, and pain, and a smart bell that helps dogs communicate with their owners that they need to go outside. <laughs> what, an, what a place for us to be putting our efforts towards. Obviously, there really is not a, a more important cause. Yeah, no, no. I definitely need to know when my dog needs to go outside. Um, right, and a normal bell won't suffice. <laughs> yeah. So the three, the, out of all the things that are most interesting here, I mean, the collar is pretty sweet, especially considering every dog wears a collar for the most part, right? Yeah. Unless you live like in the country and there's like no one around you and your dog is not going to leave your side, then I mean, you're usually going to have a collar, some sort of identification. So it's kind of a no-brainer to have a, a collar that can give the owner feedback as to the wellness of their dog because dogs don't really tell you, hey, I don't feel good today, man. <laughs> right. Um, and then also see. the 3D printed bones for hip replacement surgery because a lot of dogs have hip dysplasia as they get older, especially like German right. Shepherds. Um, right. And it's kind of just, if you've ever seen it, it's really painful to watch a dog have to go through it because they just 
have to like power through it while they're walking and then it, it fixes itself. But, um, that's, that's pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know how expensive that would be. It sounds like it would be really expensive. Right. Now they're offering dog insurance, like health insurance. So maybe it wouldn't be that expensive with that. Um, but I guess yeah, my two favorite. Right. I could see that being like cost prohibitive to do a yeah. hip replacement for your dog. Yeah. Right. And, and you know, that's a tough call because you might replace the hips on your dog and they've only got another year. Right. You know, whereas with our human counterparts, we replace their hips because they're going to live for another 15, 20 years. Right. And, you know, they, they have a long time to need to move around. So I don't know. It might be hard to justify that cost. And I can see if things like this start being covered by dog insurance, that the cost of the dog <laughs> insurance will also go up significantly. Yes. Maybe it'll be included in the benefit packages for uh, future corporations. Yeah. <laughs> we also <laughs> offer dog insurance. Well, you know, they're starting to let people bring their dogs into work, so it's not that far-fetched of an idea. Yeah. What, who do I need to talk to to get us to... <laughs> Just kidding. I currently have my dogs at work. <laughs> yeah, because we're working remotely. <laughs> but you don't know that. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is dog technology. Those... Pretty great. Pretty awesome. Love dogs. An... If you're an avid listener of The Bandage, you may be able to tell the exact episode where we started working remotely. Uh, and if you can, let us know. We'll give you a prize. <laughs> <laughs> Can't say what it'll be, but you something, know. you know, shout yeah. out. Um, right. Next up, we have what kind of genes do you have? Ancestry and Quest Diagnostics have teamed up to relaunch a more advanced DNA testing program to flag risks of inheritable diseases. Ancestry Health will help people better understand their risk for developing certain inherited health conditions, such as heart disease, breast cancer, colon cancer, and blood disorders. The DNA sequencing offered by the program achieves about 80% to 90% detection of inherited risk for specific health conditions. Ancestry also mentioned that they're pushing for the ability to create a downloadable family health history record that can be delivered to clinicians and used to help fill out medical forms faster. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, the last part, I mean, the first part's kind of cool because you don't really know your family history after like your great-grandparents. Like that's as far as you're going to go. You're not going to know right. your great-great-grandparents or your great-great-great-great-grandparents or your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandparents. Okay. <laughs> so it's always great to have, <laughs> it's always great, great to have uh and know what kind of health conditions you are susceptible to. Absolutely. And this gives you that shortcut of not having to, you know, call your family and be like, Hey, did uh, grandma have any health conditions? Right. As and well as getting rid of that conversation with your doctor where it's like, okay, uh, father on your or grandfather on your mother's side, anything. Yeah. Right, and if you have exactly. a lot of stuff to list, you know, that could take a long time. Especially like doctors will ask that question. You're just like, what? <laughs> and then you have to sit there and like think and answer within like 30 seconds. So you don't seem like a weirdo. And you're like, honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's no way for me to know that. Let me call my parents and then have them call their parents. And then See, we'll get back to This is why I have my parents book my doctor's visit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, 80, 80%, 80% to 90% detection rate That's is pretty, good. pretty awesome because it's not really like okay obviously if it's 80 percent accurate 
then there's a 20% chance that you're not going to have it. But there's also 80% chance saying like, Hey, you could be at risk at this. Not saying like there's an 80% certainty that you're going to get this disease. Watch out. It's more like, Hey, you could be at risk for heart disease. So just tell your doctor and then we can move on from there and he can take the, the procedures and kind of look at the signs, right? Cause if they don't know that you're at risk for something, they're not going to necessarily look for it as much as if they already knew that you were. Right. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach! The latest breaches in healthcare. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest cybersecurity breaches all across the world. We've got a big segment today. First up, we have Kent Reed, Kent Wright, Kent Protect Their Data. If you remember in a previous episode of the Bandage Podcast, where we discussed the Blackboard breach. This time, we're bringing it back stateside, where hundreds of thousands of people's identifying information may have been stolen by cyber criminals as part of that security breach through one of Kent State University's vendors. For the past 12 years, Kent State's Division of Institutional Advancement has been working with a third-party vendor called Blackboard and its platform ResearchPoint, a screening tool that helps KSU understand individuals' philanthropic interests and demographics and helps them connect. Blackbot, as you remember, fell victim to a ransomware attack in May that affected the data of over 200 companies, including Kent State, University of Dayton, the George W. Bush Presidential Center, Boy Scouts of America, the Texas Tech Foundation, and the ACLU. Blackbot was able to stop the attack and ultimately paid the ransom, but the hacker was able to remove a copy of the data that the company says did not contain credit card information, bank account information, or social security numbers. Matt, this is an update to that previous story. Update. And, you know, it's a lot worse now that it's affecting everyone back home. Yeah, it's affecting a lot of government uh, and state-owned universities and organizations, which shows that, I mean, people are going to attack what they can, you know, especially especially those government agencies because they have so much information and so much sensitive data because it's the government. Um, obviously universities are a little bit different, but they still kind of are. I mean, they're still kind of government-based, right? So, I am um, wondering though, because of the particular groups that were kind of accessed, if this hacker was planning to basically just run a scam instead of trying to sell information, just call people and be like, hi, this is Kent State. You want to yeah, donate right. some money? Give me your credit card number. Because now yeah, they the, have a list of people who donated or right. are willing to donate. Or this hacker is just trying to get a job with the FBI and their cyber security division so they can be <laughs> like, hey, I hacked this one company and it affected all these 200 government organizations. Um, so you might want to hire me, you know, so I can do some vendor research for you guys before yeah. you buy them. Except they also <laughs> charged a ransom and seemingly received. Well, I mean, you so, know, you know, when they showed up for their interview, they'd probably <laughs> leave in handcuffs. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be authentic, you know. So, right, um, right. You can't just fake the breach. Yeah, but this just shows you how breaches kind of. I mean, even after you sustain them, it just continues to unravel with new information, and uh, especially right. if you're a vendor. So, right. Next up, we have navigating through a ransomware attack. Garmin is reported to be the latest company to pay a ransom following a ransomware attack in a trend that some security experts say only encourages more attacks. 
News about the attack first came out on July 23rd. The company initially claimed it was only suffering from outages, but four days later, Garmin admitted that it had suffered a ransomware attack, describing it as a cyber attack that encrypted some of our systems. While most people know Garmin for its GPS navigation units, the company also provides corporate services, including navigational data for airlines. The ransomware outage caused serious issues with the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration compliance. Garmin it's funny, is one of those. <laughs> it's, just, it's like they, they were like, let's be vague and say outages. And then they're like, right. okay, we know what it is. Let's say it's an attack, but we're not going to say what type of attack it is. And now it's just like, okay, it's a, it's a ransomware attack. What do you want to do for me? You know what I mean? We paid them off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Geez, what else do you want? But you need to be I transparent mean, from the beginning. So that way, especially I guess so, but it's FAA not entirely involved. unreasonable. Yeah. Right? Because at, at first, maybe it did just seem like they were having outages. Something was going wrong with their system and yeah. they were trying to fix it. And then once they figured out that it was actually a breach, that's when they're saying, ah, by the way, it was a breach. Well, it kind of depends on the type of ransomware attack because usually ransomware attacks, they block your entire system and then on your monitor says something like we have your data pay me ten thousand dollars and you get your data back yeah do you remember the very short-lived era where everybody had a gps in their car (laughs) (laughs) now we all just use our phones but i'm yeah i know thinking back that was like a big ticket item for it was like it was like a three-year it was like a three-year thing. And then phone companies were like, all right, let's just put it on our phones. Exactly. <laughs> because we can do that. But like, I remember oh, people wild. like, make sure you take your Garmin off your windshield because people are going to break into your car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were big money at the time. Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah hundreds were. of dollars. People were just... like, those. these companies were like, recording celebrities to, to do your GPS navigation yeah, for you. Yeah. And, and like... you could pay extra to have Sean Connery read your directions. <laughs> it's or... almost like... It's almost like the same era as like ringtones when like ringtones were a big deal. And then phone companies were like, hey, why don't we just let people like use music as a ringtone without people yeah. having to record music on the radio station. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. or pay 50 cents per ringtone. <laughs> yeah. I remember that time. <laughs> yep. It's like the same type of thing. MSP, it's lost its security. Canadian managed service provider Pivot Technology Solutions recently disclosed a cyber attack on its IT infrastructure. Pivot Technologies suffered a data breach following a ransomware attack in early July. The incident might have affected the personal information of customers. An authorized entity attempted to encrypt Pivot Technologies infrastructure and steal data. However, the company immediately responded to the incident, thereby failing the malicious attempt. The company's investigation later revealed that attackers extracted some data during the incident. Stolen data potentially includes some personal information of U.S. employees and consultants. For those of you who don't know what an MSP is, Matt, what does that stand for? Uh, manage service provider. Essentially, these go. people do, these companies provide services for other companies, and it's usually cybersecurity based where they just kind of handle your cybersecurity. It's like outsourcing. That's pretty much it. It's a very it's a very interesting term that basically just means, hey, we're going to do this for you. <laughs> right. What an in, it seems like they were able to get a handle on it pretty quickly, which they should as a company that provides, you know, yeah. IT services. Yep. But you know, ransomware continues to get more and more popular. We've had three three out of our four <clears throat> stories in this segment are 
ransomware based. And the reason why they're ransomware based, Alex, is because people keep paying the ransomware people. Stop well, paying I mean, ransomware. The ransomware attackers are just getting too good, though. I think no. we need like a jingle for, for people to, you know, not pay the ransomware attackers. <laughs> it's like a, like a chant. Yeah, because that way they can like, whenever they get attacked calls. by ransomware, they'll remember the jingle and be like, okay, let's contact the FBI and not pay ransomware. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, maybe we pay it, but yeah. not yet. <laughs> right. Down the road, after we talk to legal organizations. Exactly. But... It just goes to show you that even your vendors that are doing cybersecurity will get attacked. And usually yes. they're really good at it, um, at responding, because that's what they do. They know the protocols and the procedures to take, but it can still happen to them as well. Yeah. So you never really know what's going to happen to your data. Yeah, and you can call the cops, but I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, and finally... Twitter pays massive fine for data misuse. Hashtag fine. Hashtag wow. Hashtag data privacy. The social media platform Twitter expects to be hit with a fine of up to $250 million over misuse of users' data that saw it take personal security information and use it to create targeted advertisements. The platform is accused of using users' phone numbers and or email addresses that they provided for safety and security purposes for targeted advertising during periods between 2013 and 2019. This story is still developing. Social media platforms are scoundrels. (laughs) (laughs) That's a long time to have been doing this before anybody was like, wait a minute. The crazy thing is, is like they've been doing it essentially forever. And right. It's taken almost a decade for com- for like or governmental bodies to be like, hey, we should probably like st- stop social media companies from taking asking for people to uh, asking people for their information to call it security based and then use it mm-hmm. for security based, but also be like, hey, why don't we just start advertising to them as well um, right. based on this information because it's kind uh, of as, ethically wrong. As I've always said, if uh the product is free, then that is not the product. You are the product when it comes to social media. Yep. Um, the thing that is being sold is you and your attention. So that's just one more avenue for them to make money. And, um, you know, I think that Twitter made it kind of harder for themselves just because of the way their platform is designed to be able to serve ads. Yeah. Right. They're very limited in how they can do it. Um, but, Whereas like Facebook, they have all these other avenues, you know, direct messaging um, in your timeline, but also on the side, but also videos that appear like their live streams or, you know, those kind of things that just make lots of options so that you can target people well. Yeah. Whereas Twitter, we just just got to get their security email and and then we'll... (laughs) They always talk about how like Facebook has so many users and Twitter has so many users, but like to me, both of these social medias haven't been relevant for the past five years. (laughs) You know, I could never get into Twitter. I just couldn't. Well, I remember like when I was in college, Twitter had this big thing where they would live stream NFL games and NFL Thursday night games for like one, one of the seasons. And that was like a, 
a big thing because they had been losing so much user activity over the past couple of years. And that was like four years ago. And now how is this still around? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if they're still losing users and they're still losing so much revenue. Why haven't they like tried to pivot away or like, I mean, they have the whole Periscope thing, which is live streaming, but I, I just don't know. I don't know how these social media companies are still doing so much when there's like other places like, TikTok, which there's a lot of controversy around that, but that is mm-hmm. getting so much more popular because it's so fresh and so new. And I feel like the social media audience is like, okay, they're just chomping at the bit for the new, the next new hot, what's the coolest social media avenue right now that I can get more followers on. So I don't know. Social media is mm-hmm. definitely an interesting industry, uh, but right. it's definitely very fad based. That's my rant. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. There have been a lot of social medias. Um, I don't know if you, there's a story maybe we should be talking about. I got an email this week that there's a, a class action lawsuit against Google Plus. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I heard about that too. It's been a lot. I think Google Plus is, <laughs> for some reason, I remember Google Plus was like, people were like, it's the fastest growing social media platform when it first came out. Admittedly, no I loved it. it. I no one ever it. used that damn thing. Right. And, and I loved Google Plus because it allowed you to do some fun things like customize your own newsfeed instead yeah. of letting the algorithm do it for you. And it also captured things like um, photo data so you could see like what camera settings were used. So as a someone who does photography for fun, I loved it. Mm-hmm. My main criticism of Google Plus was that there was no one on it. And that was kind of self-defeating. Because there was no one on it, nobody wanted to use it, so then there was no one on it. Right. And that was that was the big issue that they had to overcome. And, you know, I did my best. I tried to recruit all my friends, but it just wasn't enough to save the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.